This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Three peeps in a podcast, a bonus show. After City took the game to Hull, going 1-0 up, controlling large parts of the game, City fans were apoplectic when a soft, soft penalty was awarded and converted. Then a cruelly deflected shot sees us travel home empty-handed. But plenty of promise and football is well and truly back. Lee's three words were Hull, histrionics, hurt. Um, And the pre-match poll saw a win percentage expected of 63% a lose of 9% and a draw of 28%. So only 9% of the 184 votes got it right. Uh, Matt is with me as always. And now, Matt, you've had some reflection time. How are you feeling today? Um, I'll look for the positives. Um, I thought the, the first half we played possibly some of the best football we've seen under a Nigel Pearson side. Uh, the new signings in particular stood out. Uh, and then I think... We allowed Hull into the game. Um, we we sort of sat back a little bit and then we lost the energy in the middle of the pitch. Um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but Siri, Siri um, started to really get on the ball and dictate it. And there were lots of spaces for them without really troubling Dan Bentley until that, that last kind of 20 minutes. But um, we'll, we'll talk about the pen and stuff. I've got a slightly different view on it, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but... All in all, I think you've got you've got to take the positives from it. It's just the fact it was another injury time goal that you know you th- you hoped you'd put that to bed. But I don't know that you can qualify that in the same way as some of what we saw last season with bad defending. I mean, arguably closest header going out to the centre of the box isn't necessarily great, but he closes it down another time he gets a block away and the ball goes out so yeah. i don't see it quite the same way as is perhaps the mental fragility that we had okay. last season all right let's um just do some admin uh before we get into the podcast and bring in our guests so uh, a big thank you to our brand new bonus show sponsors habu we'll be hearing a lot more about habu who they are what they do across the three peep shows throughout the season as well as some great podcast prizes to give away so make sure you're following us over on twitter at 3piapc and another twitter competition now so uh, this week's competition comes from jordan hall art at jordan hall art all one word um, we've got two a4 city robins to give away so retweet the twitter post um, of this podcast follow us follow jordan to be in with the chance of winning and next week we'll announce the winner on that one and next week for the sunderland podcast we'll be giving away a copy of the new book from richard latham bristol city memories so uh, do check us out on twitter finally get well soon alan walsh alan was taken ill a few weeks ago um, with a stomach complaint but after an operation and several days in intensive care he is now at home making steady progress matt a bit of a concern from from uh, alan there putting us giving us a bit of concern but glad to hear he's now at home yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, best best wishes, Walshie. Uh, as we we've often said on this podcast, patch a nicer man in football. In fact, a nicer man in life you couldn't meet. Um, has got time for everybody. Always willing. You know, when you sort of drop him a text or a, a phone call um, to jump on and, and reminisce. So yeah, a really really nice guy. So, so best wishes to him. 
That's a great segue because another man that I, when I drop a text to jump on the podcast is with us now, <laughs> Gary Hours. How are you, sir? And also equally a nice good. man. <laughs> equally a nice man, huh? Yeah, yeah thank so. you very much. <laughs> Never Gar- heard that very often. Except <laughs> <laughs> right, so Gary, you were up in Hull yesterday on co-commentary. Um, a good run up and back, uh, but uh, a disappointing afternoon results-wise anyway. Well, of course, you're always disappointed to go that way and get nothing. But I agree with Matt. I mean, some of the football that was played in the first half was absolutely fantastic. I was really impressed with Kai Naismith uh, and Sykes, who played in that right wing-back role. But, you know, the old sucker punch, wasn't it? Um, a late goal um, and a dubious penalty. I think, you know, the penalty... I think the lad probably would have scored. You know, I, I, I can't really understand why he fell over. And I've watched it lots and lots of times. You almost had like a... a two, Sniper. Two more steps before he decided to fall over and... Um, if he'd stood up, he, he's only in, he's inside the six-yard box. I think he's going to pass it into an empty net. Anyway, uh, they got the penalty and they scored. And then, obviously, they got the, the killer late goal, um, which meant everyone was was devastated and disappointed at the end of it. Yeah. Um, before we get into the, the starting lineup and go through our usual segments, um, so we had on episode 177 of the podcast, the regular podcast, Talk Club, um, a, a Bristol mental health charity and one thing they do at the start of all of their meetings is a check-in so uh, it's, a, it's a how are you out of 10 so uh, Matt we've done this several times on the music and memories podcast that kept us busy during the close season so uh, how are you feeling this morning? Um, I'm probably at a seven um, with talking about it after yesterday and, and obviously talking with Gary as well. Um, I would have said I was probably at five driving back yesterday, which probably wasn't the best state to be driving back, however many miles it is from Hull. And- it's just a, it's just an example, Matt, of how, you know, we're passionate Bristol City yeah. fans and that result, the performance, you know, was good. Um, but it's the result just can, can affect your it's, whole weekend. It, oh, <laughs> m- massively, let alone what it must be like. And, and Gary can give us an insight, but what it must be like is players and managers um, especially when you get what you feel is on the wrong end of some you know, harsh decisions. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was brilliant to be back yesterday. We we went into, and I, and I will give it a shout out, the, the new Walton Club up at Hull, um, which is a working men's club that allows away fans in. Um, so that that was great. I, I think a few of our fans took a few liberties in there, which was disappointing with just some of the behaviour. Not just, just antics, nothing, you know. Um, so you, you start off, you're meeting people you haven't seen for three, four months, get to the stadium um, and you see a performance like we did in the first half and I'm probably at a nine then. Uh, and then, yeah, as, as I'm leaving, listening to We Saw You Cry on Wembley Way, which is definitely one of my most hated chants from an away fan when you go. Uh, yeah, I'm probably walking out at four and driving home at five, chatting to you and stuff. So, But I, I feel okay this morning, yeah. Excellent. Gary, yourself? Yeah, I'm a seven and a half. I think I had a good day yesterday, all excited, getting in the car and the build-up of the game. I thought it was a really nice atmosphere um, before and during the game, actually. I think from a football point of view, it was nice to see that stadium with more Hull City fans in it. I think they've been through a tough time and decided to come back because they've got a new chairman. I think I, I probably got to an eight or a nine when the when the Tiger ran out. <laughs> the mascot I've ever seen so he sprinted out he, he sort of he did a lap of honour and then he looked like he just ran out of gas and that was <laughs> a gasket and I was hoping that whole city that was going to be a reflection of their performance yeah. was the opposite so um, 
yeah, you're always disappointed at the end. I, I always get disappointed when I, or I feel disappointment. I see the reaction of the players. Dan Bentley looked devastated. Those players down on the knees, sitting on the grass. Nigel Pearson looked really disappointed, as you can imagine. And um, I always feel that. And then, of course, you, you feel for the supporters having to troop off in there, drive back down the road three and a half or four hours. Absolutely. As a former player, you must have been on the end of some of those sucker punches in the 90 plus minute how how do you how do you cope is it just trying to get over it as quickly as possible and think about the next game well you never do especially when it's late in the game i mean there's two sides to that the the, the games that are the best games that you win are the games that where you score in the last minute and you know you you, you feel ecstatic but um to lose late on, it, it, you know, it, it's a clear week this week, isn't it? Which is quite yeah. good for the start of the season. So it just lingers on. If, if you win and you go into training, there's a buzz about the place. If you lose, there's a little bit of disappointment. You're trying to build up um, into the game, which, of course, next week is Sunday, and that's going to be a massive game. And, uh, huge. You know, red-hot atmosphere at Aston Gate. Will they go through that last sort of 20 minutes and, I don't know, identify opportunities where they could have retained the ball, wasted a bit of time? They should have already done it, if I'm honest. And I'm not talking about yesterday. It happened so many times last season. It should have been a topic of discussion. And um, if you're a manager, you, you don't really want to... I always found it as a player, you want to move on. I used to find it a pain when you used to have to sit, if you played poorly and you had to sit and go and through and watch the video. And I understand it's got to be done. It's a learning process. But I think hopefully the analyst will, will put some some clips together. And um, as if everyone, you know, when you analyse things, it's easy to sit, isn't it? You should have yeah. done this, they should have done that. That shouldn't have happened. Um, but it's just, a, it's been a reoccurring theme and, and hopefully we won't see too much much of that this season. Yeah. It's that balance patch. There was a, a moment, felt like a minute from the end, where the ball came across and Kane Wilson kept it in rather than let it go for a corner. And he kept it in because he's obviously trying to go for the win himself. Um, and in hindsight, had he let it go for a corner, it changes, you know, the the timings, the shape. Um, so it is, it's, it's one of them. I mean, they, they were at least going for it. I think we sat back a little bit too much early on um i think it's the yeah, mentality it's, isn't it when, yeah. when you when you're one nil up and then they equalize you think we want to get that win yeah you know, they're always looking to win the game but yeah. uh yeah hindsight is a wonderful thing gary it is yeah it is yeah i mean i, I don't i don't suppose you want to go through the goal now but there's lots of things that that could have happened which which could yeah. have prevented it but yeah. i'm sure yeah. we'll come on yeah. to it we absolutely will um so just to finish off the check-ins I, i'm around an eight this morning um had a good week's holiday. Been looking forward to getting the bonus show post-match reactions back up and running. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, feeling all right today. So uh, plenty planned to keep me busy for the rest of the day as well. I can imagine. Absolutely. Right. Let's get into the lineup. So uh, the lineup was Bentley, De Silva, Atkinson, Naismith, Viner, Sykes, Williams, James, Scott, Martin and Vyman. Coming to you first, Matt. Obviously, it was public on Twitter that you were very concerned that you would see Alex Scott at right wing back for this game, but he did play where you wanted him to. He did, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about his performance. But yeah, I was. I mean, there's no point signing Kane Wilson um, and having George Tanner in the side um, and then playing Alex Scott, who we've seen what he can do in the, the European Championships. 
further up the pitch where he should be playing. So yeah, that that you know it was it was slightly tongue in cheek. And Nigel Pearce is not going to take a blind bit of notice of what I say, uh, but I do feel we don't we've got a small squad. But if you've got players who can play in their right position, then that's what you should be doing. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was glad to see that, and it was it was interesting to see who it was going to be out of Sykes, Scott, and Wilson. Yeah, um, and it was Sykes, and uh, we'll come on to his performance. But yeah, he did, certainly didn't look out of place, did he? he? He was superb. I thought he was superb. The first half, I mean, he he got a lot of stick from um, their number, or I, can't, I was going to say number nine, but it might have been the other side. Uh, he got a lot of stick um, and obviously eventually had to leave the pitch because of some of that. But I thought he was excellent. Yeah, I thought he was really, really good. And and actually, Patch, we we were sort of privileged to be able to see um, the, the games at the High Performance Centre. And the first game, he looked a little bit not sure what his position was going to be and how he fitted in. The next three games, he was my man at a match in each of them. Um, I thought he's, he's had an excellent pre-season and he kept that going. Yeah. Gary, as a as a bit of a utility man yourself, playing in a number of positions, Sykes lends himself to that perfectly, doesn't he? He does. Uh, first time I've seen him, first impressions, excellent. Offered real balance to the side. He looked like he could easily adapt the player in a wide position and um, his, his technical ability means he could probably play inside as well. But um, it was Aliar, it was in fact the number nine that he was up against. Yeah. Uh, it probably isn't a left wing back in all fairness to him and, and had a little bit of a ding dong battle. But a couple of times when he got on the ball, um he went past people. And then I was really impressed with the quality of the cross that he delivered. Oh yeah. but just go past someone and and sort of hit the first man. He really put a couple of balls of, of great quality in and um disappointing to see him go off in the second half wasn't quite as influential but very, very promising signs. And I guess Matt the other talking point was Viner over Closer. Man in from the cold. Um, you know, I, I think a number of games last season, um, other than naming him, you felt that Nigel Pearson was absolutely talking about Zach Viner when he was referencing mistakes in, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth but, mouth, but along about trust kind of thing, you know, not being able to trust players in. And Zach, again, has had a really good preseason. It's something I do like about Nigel Pearson, that if you if you do perform a little bit like Jay De Silva, uh, if you show it, then, you know, he, he's going to give you the opportunity again. Um, and we'll go on to talk about Zach's performance. But, um, yeah, I, I was I was quite happy to see Zach in there. He's a local lad. You want to see him do well. He, he's Hopefully, he's learning now what he needs to be aware of in his own performances. But it, it was a bit of a surprise because Close, obviously, after the end of season that he had with us, or from, from January was excellent. We were really pleased with the signing, but he has had a dodgy preseason. Again, we've we've witnessed it. He he hasn't been great, has he? Um, so it, it probably was the right call. Mm. Any surprises in there for you, Gary? And also the the formation. We seem to be quite well, settled now with that that three five two and five three two going coming backwards. No real surprises. Obviously, uh, Zach ahead of closer sort of raised a few eyebrows, but I'm, I'm pleased for Zach. He's you know, as a young player, he is a local lad. Um, he can play in a few positions himself, so I think he's always someone that's worth having around the squad. Possibly suffered a little bit last season with his confidence. And um, if you're a player and you're reading things in the press and the manager's saying things, and even if he's not calling you out by name, and you, and, but you think that he's talking about you, it can't be good No confidence. But he's gone away, he's got his head down, he's come back, obviously, and, and has really impressed during the pre-season and, and got his reward. So, yeah. fair, it'll master. 
And actually, as well, it's amazing what a bit of confidence can do for a player. You know, being picked ahead of a, a former international and someone who was one of our most consistent performers towards the end of the season. It, and I just want fans to give Zach that opportunity as well. And that first misplaced well, pass. I think so. I mean, if, let's let's be honest. Uh, Tim's been a very, very good player, had a good career. But, you know, he's, he's, he's sort of getting towards the end of his career. Yeah. Zach's still a very, very young man. Um, and, and be lovely to, to think that he could still forge a career at Bristol City. Yeah, absolutely. I think cool. we all thought he was gone, Patch, didn't we? we yeah. We, and, and who knows? You know, may, maybe there is still um, movement and, and he might be one of those. But I would say from the stands yesterday, I, I felt that he got a lot of support. Um, he made a couple of really good early challenges. Uh and social media is one of them, isn't it? You get the keyboard warriors, but immediately yeah. it was about Zach Viner. And I not, don't think Zach uh, Viner will be looking on Twitter and worrying I hope, too much. I hope not. And <laughs> certainly some of the, the comments, you know, you'd think, yeah, you'd, you'd take no notice of it. I just wondered from, from Gareth's point of view, did you have to bring any of the players in, Gareth? Because <laughs> of the team coach. Well, because the team coach, did you see that? That the team coach had an electrical problem, so they all like get taxes. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I heard that they had a very long journey up there, I think on Friday afternoon. No, that, that never yeah, got past. Apparently, there was an electrical fault, and uh, they had to get 10 taxes to bring the players to the ground. <laughs> get away. H- hence the celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence the celebration. Oh, Andy Bowman on the pitch. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that was. That was uh... A good start to the day yeah, for, yeah. for the lads. Right, let's get into the minutes then. Uh, so, third minute, Naismith plays a lovely ball into the path of Vyman, who is tackled but no foul. Pearson starting in the dugout as well was noted. It's good. Uh, Sykes now with a delightful drag back and right-footed cross from near the corner flag is met by Matty James' head, which is well saved. And Matt, a great start and a great opportunity for Matty James. Well-headed, well-saved. Yeah, um, and showed the influence straight away that Carl Naismith will have on the team. He played a number of really, really good... On the deck as well. Yeah, on on the deck, but he also played... There was one ball that he played on the diag into Sykes that he took, kind of had to jump for it and and take control and and then take it forward. But yeah, and, and, you know, Gary said about Sykes, um, the crossing, that move, the drag back to get the space and then put an absolutely perfect cross in. From where we were, I thought it was Martin initially. Um, and then so did I, I was going to say, I yeah. start taking more notice of the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought it was, thought it was well. Martin. And looking back at it on the highlights, it's actually a really good header. I, I felt from where we were, he should have scored. But when you look at it back, it's a good header. He heads it down and it's a really good save from the keeper. Um, but yeah, just just shows how Sykes can play in, in that wide position. Um I wish we'd had the delivery on the left-hand side that we had from the right-hand side. Yeah, because cr- crossing into the box was a real bugbear for me yeah. last season. Um, and and uh, yeah, since we lost Eliasson, really, um, yeah. I've I've been critical of of the crossing. But just picking up on Naismith there, Gary, he is a ball-playing centre-back, isn't he? Well, it, I, the first half you blew me away. Um, I never seen a player like that so calm and composed for a number of seasons. I thought he ran the game from that central defensive position. He started all the moves, you know, he, in tight areas. He come out with the ball a couple of times, last man, and and very calmly went past attacking players. He hit that big diagonal out the sights on numerous occasions. He looks like he can drop the diagonal in. His set player delivery was unbelievable, and um, 
you know, he looks a real, real class player. I think maybe the game changed it at some point when Hull decided that they weren't going to afford him so much room and space. But I, I think um, he looked a class act for me. Yes, yeah. fifth minute. He was sorry, Patch. He was getting the ball from Dan Bentley quite often, wasn't he? From the yeah. the goal kick. So again, to sort of start the play off. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really impressive debut. Yeah, and, and he allowed City like. At times last season, we're asking, oh, well, City really trying to play out from the back and, and how they're trying to do. But with him in the team, he made it look a lot simpler. He played the ball into Williams or James. He made another angle. He played the ball the right side of the midfielder so they could pop it off first time. And it was, it was lovely to see. Yeah. Okay. Fifth minute, another good delivery from Sykes. Uh, Martin this time. Out jumps two defenders, but heads over. Um, you know, he had to sort of jockey for position there and that still managed to win the header. But then straight after that, J.D. Silva sets off down the left, but the cross is too deep. But um, yeah, another good delivery from Sykes. I think we've we've definitely noted that already. Um, in the 11th minute, there was a nervous moment. It was an in-swinging cross and a glancing head uh, from James and Bentley gathers, but the striker was inches away. So uh, there's, there's signs that, that Hull are coming back into the game. And that they, I think they've got so many new players, Gary, that they've, they're going to take time to knit together in a competitive environment, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the, the word in the press room before the game was that they weren't ready. They were a new team that had poor results. I don't think they actually scored a goal all pre-season, which makes it even more disappointing when you think about it. But they were pretty average in the first half. The build-up play was slow and laboured. They didn't really have a focal point in the middle of the pitch. And City really dominated the ball, so they couldn't have the ball anyway. But, I mean, that was a little bit of a fortune for Hull, really, because I think the cross come in again and it did get a deflection, which just changed the, the flight of the ball and Mm. The centre forward was inches away from getting a touch on it, but Bentley collected it. Yeah, Matt, we, we've seen deflected crosses, and we'll come on to the one right at the end from the deflected shot. But um, yeah, it was it was a nervy moment, but Bentley was watching the ball's trajectory all the way in, I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it, it, You know, you're going to get that in games, aren't you? And he, and he was comfortable. I, I actually thought they're 19, um, and I'm just looking at his name now, Estupinen. Estupinen. I, I thought he was decent. I thought some of the runs he made off the back and in, in between Naismith in, and Viner at times, um, he looked quite lively for a, for a new player. I, th- I think he'll end up doing quite well for them. Mm. Um, and the other lad, the number nine, was a not a natural position, but he, he was a real handful. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't see, although they weren't great, I do think that you can see they've got some quality there as well. Um, so I don't see them being... Um, relegation sort of candidates at all if I'm honest I don't see them challenging I see them around probably where we'll be but to, to me Matt they just seem they seemed like some good players just thrown together yeah like, exactly that see exactly how you get that. on lads exactly that patch <laughs> and, and we allowed them to get um, much more of a foothold I mean people talked about the end of the, the half um, the ref played well over the injury time and that led to the, the sort of melee where it looked like I mean well we were scrambling the ball away but we did defend it um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think they look like individuals. I think you can see potentially Shotter is going to, you know, should should be able to put them into which a is team. the They've exact got some good players. It's not the exact opposite, but it's the opposite in terms of team spirit togetherness that that we've shown um, so yeah. far this season. Towards the end of last season, yeah. the players all seem happier. That we've got rid of the players who aren't on the bus, so to speak. 
Um, so team spirit, as we know from seasons gone by, can can get you can get you far. So uh, of course it can. Yeah, it's uh, good good for the rest of the season. Seventeenth um, minute, there was two nervy moments and two penalty shouts that would inevitably come back to haunt us. Uh, these would have been in the the referee's mind when um, the sniper caught that chap at the end uh, in the seventieth uh, minute. Um, so it was Scott first of all, um, and then Viner. Viner sort of just got the wrong side of his man potentially. Scott had to come in together just before, um, but uh, the the referee waved play on 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 this occasion. But Gary, your thoughts on those two incidents? Uh, I think. The first one was at Viner. Was that uh, Greaves sort of headed it into the box? It was Scott. First of all, it was just a Scott. it was just a coming together that you you think right. Yeah. You've seen them given, and then Viner a little I, bit more so. I, I don't think there were penalties. The only worrying element was they were both at the end where there was a really really big whole city contingent behind the goal where all the, the singers were, if you like, and there were two massive shouts, and there was a little bit of pressure. On the referee because to come in quick succession, but I didn't think any was a penalty. No, Matthew. No, I agree. I mean, I think Zach's was um, hands on the back, um, and yes, you, you you can see them given, but they're the sort of thing that I think I was going to say if they go to VAR, but actually with VAR, I think when you see that VAR seems to kind of pick up on any kind of contact and then say, well, yeah, that that would be, but for me, absolutely not, and. Um, that's not a biased view because, we'll, like I said, we'll go on and talk about the one that was given and I'll give a slightly different slap yeah, on it. They're but, definitely yeah. in the ref's head later on yeah. in the game. Um, 29th minute, Scott is buying fouls for fun. I think we said that on virtually every podcast we've done that Alex Scott has featured in. And I think this was the second or third where he wins this free kick. From the free kick, Naismith delivers a lovely whipped cross from distance and Viner heads it back across the goal for Viman to finish well and it's 1-0 City. And Matt, the crowd go wild. We did go wild, yeah. yeah. I was fortunate enough to be sat with your brother and your two nephews. Um, I'd had a bet with Toby. I, it's not really a bet because uh, it always amounts to me paying him money if we win the game. Um, but yeah, we, it, well, Toby went 2-1 and uh, Evan went 5-0. So I th- felt fairly safe with the 5-0. But yeah, I mean, it, you talk about Scott and, and it's a bit of a bugbear for me because I think there are winning free kicks. But I do think with Alex Scott, he does go down too easily. And if the referees were up to anything in this league, then they would pick up on it. But thankfully, they're not. So he will get away with it. But it's a bit of a Jack Grealish situation. Although I think Jack Grealish used to get fouled an awful lot more than he was given credit for. I do think Alex goes down a little bit too easy at times. And one time he'll do it and we'll get caught because the ref doesn't give it and we're, and we're punished. But Naismith showed his quality. Brilliant ball in. Um, Viner, huge credit because he could have gone for goal, although where his was, his angles would have been tight. But, you know, is, is Chris Martin heading back across or is he going for goal in those situations? So it was a great header back. Great finish from Viman. Scott, I think if he's another yard inside possibly comes into Izzy impacting the goalkeeper. Um, but obviously he wasn't. And and yeah, good good goal, great finish. And great to see Andy Weiman immediately hit the ground running again. Um, and I referenced it earlier on that you can see the confidence Andy Weiman's got. So I, I do fully expect him to have another really good season if he's injury free. Um, yeah, I don't think we're seeing another eight to 10. I think we'll see 15 plus again. Gary, a few things to unpick for you there. First of all, Alex Scott, in terms of his... Yeah. Uh, it, it was a free kick. He was he was going away, heading towards his own goal, and you know those chuckles in the press box from the Bristol City contingent because 
They see it, we see it every week. I think as his reputation grows, let's not forget he's a very, very young man, young absolutely last yeah. season. None of the refs, they do a little bit of homework. They probably didn't know who he was. Mm. His reputation grows, and as they referee him more often, they'll, they'll be aware of what he does. And I think as time goes on, we'll see him get less free kicks. And, and the only one I think you've got to be careful of, and, and I've played with players in the past that had the same habit, was when you, when you fall down and you fall on the ball and you catch it, and you take it for granted that the referee is um, going to give a free kick. I'm sure at some point we might see him get booked for handball, but um, that's just a little thing. Yeah. But, I mean, the free kick from, from Naismith, we've seen Matty James. I thought Matty James last season, some of his delivery was quite good from corners and from wide free kicks. And, and then uh, Naismith gets on and he, he bends the most delightful ball into that area behind the centre-halves. They can't touch it. If they touch it, it's an own goal. And I think it's, it's Viner, was it? Back yeah. on the far post. He does really well. There's a bit of pace on the ball and he manages to head it back across the goal into an excellent area. And Viman's Viman is his finish is, is, is really, really good. But again, he's the one that's always on the move. He's yeah. the one that's anticipating. He's not stood on his heels. It was a really, really... Great start in there, one that City deserved. Absolutely. Yeah, great start. Right, into the 33rd minute. It's the first of a couple of nasty tackles coming together on Sykes. Um, so there was one there. And then another Naismith free kick, but the keeper this time is equal to it. And Matt, Sykes obviously had a great start, as we've said, um, but they were starting to bully him a little bit. I, I felt again referee was poor um the the number nine had made a number of challenges and just uh, it's a bit of an old saying but just on the totting up process you felt he should have gone into the book and there was one challenge in particular where he, it was late on Sykes um and for me was absolutely a booking I don't think there was a yellow card if I'm right in the game yesterday there was um, right there was, was right, right at the, the death end. yeah yeah after the final whistle well, right, I, Iman. Yeah, I got booked, got booked for uh, arguing with the ref. Yeah. Oh, was it? Was that right? Yeah. Okay. Which is quite ironic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it it was a nasty challenge, and I don't I don't think he really recovered from it from that point on. His his influence wasn't as what it was, and, that, and I don't think that was that tactically because of Hull. I just think that he was feeling it, and obviously he had to go off not not long after into the second half, didn't he? So yeah. Gary, was it an old school reducer? That's that. Uh, no, I'm like Matt says. I can't believe, you know, that game at the start of last season or the season before, there would have easily been four or five bookings. Yeah, and that's what I don't get when when referees change direction, and and they've done it in the past where all of a sudden they become a little bit more lenient. So players got punished in the past for making the same tackle and they get away with it this season. So, yeah, there was, there was plenty of bad tackles, late tackles, dangerous tackles I felt yesterday and, and the referee let them all go. So yeah. after the, the match, I'm not sure if you've heard all of the Nigel Pearson interviews, but he did say that the referees came in a couple of weeks ago and said how they're going to sort of play the season, let more things go. Um, uh, but obviously, you know, we want them to make the correct decisions as well. <laughs> He said he's yeah, but to... That's all right. I, you know, we. I want to see the game flow and yeah. you want to see players getting booked, but it, it's just in One season you get, you're getting booked, next season you're not getting booked. Then we'll have the world, then they'll, they'll bring another rule in where we yeah. are going to get 
this will be a red card and that'll be a yellow card. It just changes all the time. I, I, I just think you, you, there are some things you can allow and, and I don't know if you've seen it, but the Lee Tomlin sending off yesterday. <laughs> now, Lee, Lee Tomlin gets rightly booked for kicking the ball away. He does do it a second time, but it's it's immediately within that action. I don't know if you've seen it, Gab, but it is so funny to watch. But the referee just needs to say to him, oh, mate, grow up, like just move away. But instead, he allows a defender comes in, Tomlin goes down, and he gets a sending off second yellow, and it's within 10, 15 seconds of the first one. Yeah. But it's that thing again with the ref where I've got no problem referees wanting the game to flow, but there were a couple of nasty challenges yesterday that should have been a booking. And when you have a challenge where someone is deliberately pulling someone back, that's a booking. Everyone knows it. It shouldn't, that's that's not about the flow of the game or, and there was a moment where he stopped the play for a fairly innocuous challenge because the, the player went down, not with a head injury, but we'd had the ball and we were on the attack. And you're like, again, is this a ref who's never played the game? I think Nigel Pearson said he spoke to Kevin French. Is it Kevin French? He's the local referee, a Bristol City fan. I think he said he spoke to him before the game as well. So whether he was there in, in any kind of capacity. They probably need like a referee's liaison or someone to they break down them. the rules. Yeah. No, yeah. they have them. They have they have uh, managers meetings at the start of the season. The referees from PGML or whatever it is, they'll put on a presentation going through any new rules. They'll sort of set the scene for um, the season. Then you have a contact that you can speak to, you put in a report. There's all sorts of procedures, but, you know, you put in a report and, and nothing ever happens. Yeah, right. Okay. Interesting insight. Thank you, Gary. Right, um, where are we now? We're into the 35th minute. It's a great save from Dan Bentley. Comes out, makes himself big at the right time as Hull get in behind, and it's Estupan um, who goes through one-on-one. Uh, Matt, we've seen that a number of times from Dan Bentley coming out, making himself big, and it was a really important save just minutes after we'd gone 1-0 up. Yeah, he, he does that. It's, it's not quite a schmeichel style position is no. it? He's, a, he's a lot lower than that and I, I'm looking I've got a, a number of photos on my um, wall and there's one of them and he's making that exact save where he literally spreads his body his and it chest. was a really yeah really good save really good save um, yeah. yeah Gary for you goalkeepers over the years Bristol City goalkeepers he's certainly up there isn't he yeah he is thought he was uh, fantastic when he come back in the side Last season, really handled handled himself very, very well. Didn't get carried away, or he didn't, you know, throw the toys out the pram when he when he got left out the side, which must have been disappointing because he'd, he'd been skipper. Um, and that really, really was an important save because I don't think he'd had anything to do. City had dominated the game. That was Hull's first real opportunity. I felt, and uh, yeah, it wasn't. It's quite interesting. I, I, I've seen a couple of. Um, teams training pre-season watching goalkeepers uh, coaching and it's it's more like a K-shape now so they actually do practice that from close range coming out and sort of trying to get that leg really low stop the ball going under it get one yeah. knee up and get your arms out and then that was a perfect example very very good save 1v1 yeah excellent you do okay. want sorry sorry Pat it's just on Dan Bentley as well you hope that we are in serious negotiations with him. Um, I know he was saying towards the end of last season there hadn't been any dialogue, and then I think I've heard that his agent has started discussions. But he is a player. I think that we do. We know we we haven't seen what the young lad is, but he's a young lad, 
Um, you know, I really think he's one of the ones that, with a year to go, uh, I'd like to see a deal done in, in well, the com- coming as, weeks, really. Especially as club captain, he, he is a, yeah. a talker, a, a leader on the pitch, yeah. all that, albeit from from the goalkeeping and, position. And he, and he also referenced that his his um, his fiance has been a big part in let the the families settle, the wives, the girlfriends of okay. the new players. Um, so again, it's it's quite a big big sort of thing. Um, and when he gets to January, I think he can start to talk to certainly European clubs. I think if not, he can do that already. But he can think he can start to talk to to British clubs. And you think, you know, you don't want that in his mindset, do you? you? You don't want him having to worry about that. So I'm hoping, I'm sure they are, but I'm hoping they are talking with him and looking to get a deal done. Whilst you're on the subject of new deals, just obviously a big congratulations to Tommy Conway and Sam Bell um, yeah, on their brilliant. new deals. Yeah, brilliant. Um, okay, forty-five plus two is desperate defending. R- proper Sunday league stuff. Blocks from Viner, blocks from Williams, and then the ball kicked away from James. That was a proper melee, Gary. That one. Well, it was, and it was from nowhere because, other than that chance that we've just spoken about, Hull weren't very threatening at all. City had had been far and away the best team. And then as soon as the board went up for one minute, it was like Keystone Cops. There was all sorts going on inside that six-yard box and 18-yard box. And he sort of like, when the, the referee blew his whistle, they were a little bit relieved that Hull hadn't equalised. But good defending, actual fact. Lots of bodies around the ball and people putting themselves in the line of fire. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's half time. Let's hear from the FPA. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Right, we're back. So it's on to the halftime summary from Rob. Now, Rob... Most of us watched Neighbours um, over the years, uh, ma- mainly, you know, back when I was at university, so a good 20 years ago. But Rob has watched it from the start all the way to the end. So see how many Neighbours references you can pick up on in this halftime summary, because obviously we've had the, the last episode. Right, here it goes. Really strong opening, picking up from where we left off in last year's season finale. Some really good openings, which saw us threaten an early goal but had to wait until midway through the half to finally put Hull down under. Superb set-piece, boomerang of a cross prescribed by Dr. Cal Naismith. Fantastically headed back into the danger area by Viner, who leapt like a kangaroo and clinically finished by Viman. A real bonus from Viner to play such a key role already on his comeback to favour. And although the plaudits to the others, I'm sure his teammates were keen to tell him that that goal was especially for you. 
Jesus. Quick glance at the halftime scores around the country sees the blue few from across the city currently drawing a blank against the mighty Forest Green Rovers. Can't say I have too much sympathy, but maybe when the World Cup comes around, that's when good neighbours become good friends. Dear, oh dear. Have you got to go on? (laughs) That's it. That's it. Thank God. Uh, No, but fair play. I I think I got seven, but yeah. I don't don't know where they were. Happy with that, Gary? No, that's dreadful. I think I only. You're more of a home and away fan, weren't you? No, no, I do. Kylie Minogue's one of my favourites. I've probably watched Neighbours a few times in my youth. Brilliant. Love it. But goodness me. To be fair, I will will admit that I have recorded the finale um, to watch because. Um, Mike and Jane were back in it, and Des. I saw a picture of him and Joe Mangle in there as well. Don't think Joe Mangle was no, which is a bit of a shame because okay. um, he I was very funny. But um, yeah, there was quite a few Harold Bishop. Um, so yeah, why don't we do a report on neighbours in next week's podcast? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. On to the second half. Fifty third minute. Tufan hits the post. Jada Silva is turned inside out on the left and a neat dummy led to a decent strike. Um, but we live to tell the tale. Matt, 53rd minute and uh, it was a great chance, great opportunity. From, from our end, we were all saying what a great save from Dan Bentley. Oh. Um, so when they gave the, the goal kick, we then realised it hit the post. So yeah, I, I mean, everybody around us was sort of saying what a brilliant save. Uh, I, I'm assuming it was kind of outside of the post and I don't know whether Bent's would have got to it or not but yeah they, again we'd start they started to get a little bit more space in those central areas which became a bit of a concern um but good great strike great strike and i think he's one of the players i think he's the guy who scored the pen as well in the end yeah um he was one of the players that was being talked about by the whole fans um they think they've got a real player there he looked actually quite unfit for me to start with but yeah gary that was signs there of the individuals starting to talk well, not just the individuals. Uh, the whole of the whole city side had showed a dramatic improvement, even though it was early in the second half. I think uh, Lewis Coyle, who was right wing back for them, he got himself going and, and was a little bit of a threat. He gave him an outlet in the second half. I think he was the one that cut the ball back, like you say, a nice little dummy, and he really did strike it well. Too fan, I thought Bentley was beaten and uh, very relieved to see it strike the post. Yeah. Okay, 59th minute. Go on, they, Matt. They, they seemed to target Jay De Silva with those long diags yesterday, which we didn't see a lot towards the end of last season. But like Gary said, that, that the lad that, that was playing there um, was really getting on the ball and gave Jay a little bit of a torrid time. Um, yeah. 59th minute. Wilson for Sykes and Scott off for Conway. But it looks more like Martin up top and Conway and Vyman supporting. So a 1-2 instead of a, a 2-1. First of all, your thoughts, Gary, on the substitution, bringing Sykes off. He'd clearly been... He's clearly injured. Yeah, he, you know, he, he a took a heavy, heavy knock, went down, signalled to the physio straight away, uh, got back up, wasn't moving great at all. I was surprised to see him carry on. Clearly, um, that injury got the better of him. Be interested to see how how he goes during the week. Um, so that was that was pretty obvious. Uh, nice to see Kim Wilson get on the pitch and have a look at him. Hmm. And the other one, yeah, Alex Scott for Tommy Conway was it? Yeah. And I, I thought Alex Scott was was all right. He, you know, he in the first half was quite strange because we seen Vyman track back. 
he, he was great bit of defending the 18-yard box. Martin would drop off a side when he needed to. And, and often Alex Scott was a player that was left furthest forward. So I'm, I'm sure we'll see uh, better games from Alex Scott. I think they're just still looking after him a little bit. He's played games during the summer. They'll, you know, they won't want him to, to, to get burnt out or play too many games too quickly. But I think the, the big thing for me, and what I've definitely seen in the first half, we've seen Vyman, Martin and Scott really pressing Hull City high up the pitch. In the second half, I thought they took the backward step and and, and I think they did. They dropped back into a 5-4-1 at times. Yeah. And uh, uh, Vyman dropped off a side and Tommy Conway, when he came on, he dropped off another side alongside the two holding midfield players. And that's when I thought uh, Hull City started getting hold of the game. Matt, we've seen it over the years, numerous times, different managers. You go 1-0 up and you don't go for 2-0. Yeah, I, d- I, d- I don't know why he opted to change the shape like he did. Um, completely agree with Gary. I thought the, the press and the way that we were, were pressing. I thought Chrissy Martin looked really, really tired. Um, and actually, that's probably a change I would have made is Tommy Conway for Chrissy Martin and maybe you know, swap something else in there, Naki coming on or something. But you've got um, five changes now, three, yeah, three separate got, situations. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to make them at three separate times. I don't know if the half time is a fourth separate time or not. But yeah, it, it, it was noticeable that we then allowed them that space. And ironically, we we're dropping to that four and, and, you know, trying to not shore it up necessarily, but be a bit more defensive. We actually became more open in, in my view. Um, and the number six... For them, Sari got on the ball more. He started to um, dictate things a little bit, uh, and and you kind of felt that yeah, maybe we would we would get another with a breakaway, but it looked like it was going to be you know a, a bit of one way traffic. It's great to see you know great to see a change though with half an hour, especially Conway yep. coming on we would have given him a massive boost coming on ahead of Naki Wells. I think that's the thing as well. It's what what does it say? But again, maybe it says you've had a really good preseason, which he yeah, has done. Exactly, he's, top goal scorer in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he's got young legs as well in you know in terms of his his energy. Sometimes he he, he went for balls um, and tried to close the keeper down and stuff. Where you thought, yeah, you, you don't need to exert that sort of energy there because you, you're just not going to get there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it says for Naki. Um, to be fair to Naki Wells, everything you hear about him and what he said in his interviews, always very positive. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if if we do see a bid come in for him and, and Naki goes, because I can't believe he wants to sit this season on the bench and just get in little bits and pieces. Okay. 60th minute, a great forward run from Atkinson. We, we, we saw this at the start of last season and then didn't really see much of it thereafter. But uh, he gets forward and he links up well with Conway. And I think Conway feeds Jada Silva and the ball comes in and it's too deep. Um, you know, not, not a great yeah. delivery. But uh, Rob Atkinson, Gary, um, we've seen forward runs and we, we've seen some good tackling and he's, he's still developing, isn't he? He is. Uh, I thought he joined in. In the first half, on numerous occasions, uh, really did release himself from that left side of a back three to go and join in in the attack. Sometimes he, he comes out with the ball and he looks comfortable and he will see him skip past players on occasions. Um, and it's just one to keep an eye on. I mean, we'll get around to it at some point. If you're a centre-half and, and you're running up the pitch uh, too often, on a hot day, did he did 
did he burn himself out a little bit or did he get injured? What was, yeah. what was the reason why why he come off? Um, and, and you've got to just make sure you get the right balance. Mm. Okay. Enter the uh, 68th minute. Now, it's Wilson driving forward towards the box. Feeds Conway, who has time to take a touch. Cuts inside, but narrowly shoots over. But you know you're going to get a shot away from Tommy Conway, Matt. You know he's going to try and get that shot out, and it was just narrowly wide and over. Yeah, good good link-up play with Kane Wilson um, and showed the directness that Kane Wilson will, will absolutely bring to the team. Um, the, the only criticism you've had with Tommy is you want to see him keep the ball down um, and I don't mean below the bar. I think if he goes low, it's a difficult save for the keeper, but it kind of got stuck underneath him a little bit so he could only, you know, kind of dig it out and, and hence it going over the bar. But good good opportunity and, and yeah, good good passenger play with Kane Wilson. Okay, so from the goal kick, we're at the other end now and Tete is caught by a feather and falls over seconds <laughs> afterwards. Uh, and it's a penalty to Hull and two fan scores makes it 1-1. So let's... Let's talk about this. Matt, to you first. Your thoughts on the penalty. So I, I do genuinely think that Naismith catches him. Um, now, he, he takes... I've, I've read um, Rich in the Bristol Live has said he takes five steps after that and goes down. Um, I don't know if it's five and I haven't counted them. But I'll tell it. you what, if you count them, because I've seen it so many times, he, yeah. had, he had more than one. He yeah, yeah, definitely. As well in between. Yeah, and I think that's where the debate is. It's... I think he's caught. I think like Gary says, you almost think, well, why is he not just tucking it away, really? So there's an element of, I think he does make a meal and dive, but I think the referee is pulling it back for that initial challenge by Naismith where he, he catches him. Now, to what extent? I mean, he's rolling around on the, the floor holding his leg, um, but there was definitely contact there and people have gone, oh, if that's on VAR, it's never given. I think if it's on VAR, it is given because I, I do genuinely think that Naismith catches him. Um, so I wasn't surprised when, when I saw it back straight away on the mobile, because obviously in our WhatsApp group, um, people who were watching it from overseas, um, post it. Um, and I thought from first look that it was a pen. Um, yeah, but I do agree that he did take too many steps and that's where the farcical bit comes in. I, I wasn't surprised in real time. Um, that it was given because yeah. all the fans, again, it's a big shout inside the stadium. Yeah, and I'm sat there thinking, why isn't why has he not stayed on his feet? Because he, he, it looks like he's going to score, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, it looks like yeah. he's just going to side foot it into yeah. the net. And then I think, well, the only reason that he has gone down is because he's been fouled. But um, you know, when you see it, there might have been a little bit of contact. But he, he, he and I was, I, I'm not going to defend him because I, I thought that was a dive. But sometimes I'll say, players react or your body reacts to what you think is going to happen. And it tries to get itself in a, in a safety position. So, you know, for example, if I was to beside you and I'd shape up as if I was going to punch you, you'd probably try yeah. to put your hands up. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably you'd swear. At speed, if, if you think you're going to get knocked off balance, you, you try and get yourself in the right position to fall. But that's not a defence. I'm just saying that does happen on occasions. And I see that. And I don't say how other people don't see that. But... Um, no excuse. I, I, I think, you know, he, he stays on his feet. He could have took the shot on. He probably felt in his mind that he should have went down and it was a delayed reaction. Yeah. And I think that that is the thing, isn't it? It's the delayed reaction. Although I'm saying I think it's a pen because the contact, the fact that he carries on, stays on his feet, the referee should be kind of almost saying, well, you, you know, <laughs> you carried on. Exactly. Um, and, and there wasn't, 
it wasn't a huge amount of contact. Um, if if he does yeah. if he does catch him and does you know boot to ankle, is that not a booking as well? Arguably, yeah, arguably. So if you yeah. think if 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 he thinks that's what's happened, he should be booking yeah. Naismith as well. Yeah, and then the six yard box, you could argue whether it's a red card. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's another thing that that wound me up. And the fact that the referee even knew it was a feather that tickled him and made him fall yeah. over. If he's in the middle of the pitch, I'm not sure he's given it as well. And that's oh, the exactly. Thing. And, and, and it goes but, back to the 17th minute with those two incidents, yeah. Alex Scott and, and Viner. They were definitely, yeah. definitely in the referee's head when he saw him take yeah. five steps and then yeah. collapse on the floor. But uh, yeah, my my uh, my numbers reducing fr- down from uh, from the <laughs> eight at the start. Yeah. If, if we yeah. if we dwell on this too long, yeah. I think. Um, but anyway, it was Bentley actually got a fingertip to it. Uh, you always think we've got an opportunity. I think we've got a, a chance of a save. We've seen him save penalties, but um, yeah, a good penalty nonetheless. Right, seventy fifth minute. Now it was WWE SummerSlam, Matt. As you'll know, last night um, yeah, yeah. In, in homage to to that, Rob Atkinson was wrestled to the ground minutes later from them getting a penalty, but no penalty given. Um, and shortly after that, there was a, a Glasgow kiss as well to Rob Atkinson. Um, were either of those incidents penalties for you, oh, Gary, uh- Matt? Sorry, yeah, definitely the first one where he's got his arms all around him and pulls him down. And actually, in because in, I think it was a second corner, Atkinson had said to the ref, like, just watch him. And that's the bit I don't get. And that, you know, it, I thought they were, that was one of the things they were looking to try and sort out. Uh, but yeah, that one was definitely for me. Yeah, I, you're probably right. It was a pen. I just think if you, if you get into this situation where you give them, there's a penalty every game, no doubt about it. Yeah. Every game, in every division, there's a penalty if, if that's given and you're consistent. Okay, right. Uh, now, 75th minute. City Till I Die rings out as a tribute to local celebrity and massive City fan, Stoney Garnett, who passed away aged 75 recently. Um, Matt, he was <laughs> he he was one that you could pick out from a crowd very, very easily, wasn't he? Red red hat, red shoes. Um, but but more than that, it was his personality. Uh, you know, I, I, I sort of referenced it uh, last week. He, he always had a word for everybody and Gary spent far more time in his company than I ever did. Um, but yeah, just a, a nice man, a funny man um, and, a, and a real shame. Yeah. So uh, that was, that was nice to hear yesterday. And I'm sure that, you know, for next week's game, the club have got things planned, hopefully. So yeah. Gary, your, your thoughts on Stoney? Well, gutted. It uh, hasn't been a good week um, for, for football and, and, and Bristol football. Uh, I don't mind saying, especially with the, the bad news about the, the lad of Bristol Rovers. Uh, yes, yeah. Like Matt's just said, pick him out in a crowd, you certainly could. Many a time, um, driving up the road um, in the car to go and do the commentary, I'd pass one of the supporters' buses and I'd see him sat there proudly at the front with his hat on. I'd scan the crowd and I'd, I wouldn't see him. I'd just see the hat and I knew he was, <laughs> I knew he was there anyway. But yeah, um, yeah especially when I, in my playing days, he, he was a good friend, spent a lot of time with him forever. Even when I left, sent me the first person I ever got a happy New Year's message from was always Stony Garnet, and um, haven't seen him for for a little while now. Um, but yeah, I miss him like everybody yeah. else. Matt, I, I think that he he is someone who has sat in more seats 
at Ashton Gate than any other person. I don't think he sat still for five minutes, did he? <laughs> no, well, and, and I was reading a few comments on it that you'd sort of see him where you'd start with, and no one really knew where his season ticket was in terms of what seat he sat at. So, oh, yeah. Um, but like, like I say, I think that the, the overriding thing for me, young young or old, I mean, I, I saw plenty of youngsters because of the fact the red hat, the red shoes and the red jacket at times, um, that he would, you know, he'd have the time to talk to them. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, a real shame, a real yeah. shame. Yeah. Rest in peace, Stony Garnet yeah. uh, will be missed. Absolutely. And great yeah, shout from Gary on Nick Anderton as well. We wish we wish Nick Anderton yeah. at Rovers all the very best. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. great shout. Right, on to the 85th minute now. It's a well-worked move. Uh, Vyman feeds Jada Silva, whose left-footed shot really needed a right-footer as it sort of continues to bend wide. Uh, so a good opportunity there. And obviously Jada Silva in an advanced position. Um, and then My first up- thought was you. <laughs> If you'd had money on him, that's settling in the corner. But because you didn't, that's why it went wide. Yeah, well, no, I, was a... I was right behind that. It was it was in 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 or it's missed. Yeah, yeah. It's on target for a while, and it just had that little bit of swerve that yeah, it passed the post. Yeah, it needed to be a bit further wide and a bit more dip on that one, Matt, for, yeah. uh, to to replicate the Stoke exactly. Yeah, goal. Um, but uh, good to see him getting into those positions nonetheless. And then straight after that, just got a note to say Bentley's commanding the area well. Um, 88th minute we saw Kane Wilson driving forward he finds Conway who tries to engineer a shot at goal um, at the first opportunity he can't get through does eventually get his shot away but it's blocked and then we're into six minutes of injury time and City City still in this and looking good for a, a further opportunity Matt definitely still in the game Oh yeah, absolutely, and, and with with Wilson linking sort of well on the, the right hand side, he was always going to co- cause problems. He he's been impressive in pre season, uh, and yeah, it it was a little bit unlucky, Tommy. Again, the ball just didn't kind of break for him. Um, it was frantic, sort of, frantic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and and he sort of led on the floor trying to keep the ball away as well. When, once he he sort of missed the opportunity. Um, yeah, but we, as you say, we were still going for it. You know, we weren't settling for a draw. We were still looking for the win. Ninety-second mm. minute, Wilson down the right finds Vyman, whose shot is parried by the keeper. It was a great cross, Gary, that one, and, and Andy Vyman at a narrow angle still, you know, has a chance of scoring. We've seen him score from that sort of opportunity before, but it was a one-handed save from the keeper. Yeah, it was just reactive, wasn't it? He took a good position at the near post. Vyman done well to get his shot off on the turn and uh, half an opportunity. But I think you've missed something which is pretty significant because for me, in the 89th minute, um, Rob Atkinson went off and, and Tim Closer come on. Yeah, And I think that had a massive bearing um, on the outcome of the game. Yeah. And not just because Rob Atkinson went off, was he? did he go off because he was injured? But actually that scene... An adjustment that meant two changes to the back three because Kai Nysmith went and played on the left side and took up Atkinson's position and Tim Closer come and played in the middle. Yeah. Matt, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it was an injury. Um, he had a challenge with that number nine again who ended up going off. Um, and I think it was on the back of that. Um, and and Gary's right. I mean, obviously we had to change shape as a result of it. So it did, it did without it panned out, it definitely had an impact. On that, on that, Gary, uh, and putting your former players' hat on, coming into uh, a frantic one-one, both teams going for it in the 89th minute. Can you get up to speed that quickly? Uh, 
Probably not. I mean, in fairness, I have to say both teams suffered at the end of the game and a lot of energy went out of went out of the match. Players from both teams, dare I say, even Andres Feynman looked like he had a touch of cramp at the end of the game and uh, the pace of the game slowed down. But yeah, you go from a standing start and you, you, you thrust into the probably the, the nervous moments of the game and sometimes you, you, when you go on... Um, I don't, I don't know this. Somebody told us because I was never sub. But apparently, when you go on a <laughs> apparently when you go on a sub, you get you get out of breath really, really quickly, and uh, it takes you a while to get your second wind. Yeah. Well, it's- as you say, it was closer. Who was very much involved in the ninety third minute? It's a long throw headed clear by closer, and then the ball goes to the edge of the box. The shot comes in, and it's closer again who gets his um, head back, whatever, onto it, and it's deflected over Bentley, agonisingly into the goal mat, a heartbreaking 93rd minute. Yeah, I think it was his left foot he dangled out. Um, but for, for me, the header in itself is a decent header, other than the fact it's right into the centre of the, the, um, the edge of the area. And I don't know why... And I've not looked back at it to see, but I don't know why he's then the man that's headed it, probably like near post or in in around the area. And he's then the man who's closing it down. You you know why is he six got that much space? Um, for me, it's because Matty James and Joe Williams completely had gone out of puff. Um, but probably like Gary says, where we've changed shape, the position's not kind of what it was. But it just seems strange that it was close. It makes the header, and then he's the one closing it down. And yeah, he dangles a foot and. Um, you're looking at it and I'm, I'm thinking it's gone over because Bentley is absolutely rooted there <laughs> yeah. and then you sort of see the reaction to realise that it's it's not, it's nestled in there mm. and it wasn't deserved from that point of view although they were the better side at that point they were the ones that, that seemed to be causing more problems uh, it, it wasn't a deserved win for them despite some of the stuff I've seen on social media from their fans Gary, we I agree with most of that. I'd say that, you know, we all say, if you're on the coaching ground and there's no one around, and they'll say, yeah, try and head it out on an angle. Uh, he could have headed it out for a corner. We probably yeah. said, why did you do that? Which was a free header. But I actually thought the header itself was decent enough. If you think he was in the near post area and he cleared the 18-yard box. And that's a big thing for me, Matt's right. He, 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 if you, you're the person that's reacting first to go and close down your own clearance, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, there should be players in that position late in the game um, securing the edge of the box and there should have been players to go get in contact with the ball and, and there wasn't, unfortunately. He had just enough time to get his shot off and, and City paid the price. Absolutely did pay the price. Uh, so it's a 2-1 defeat opening game of the season on a day where you would have, well, you always would take a draw away. Um, that's what I was going into it, expecting a, a 1-1. That was my prediction. But uh, yeah, just that late goal, as you say, Matt, at the start, it's something that we've almost become used to as City fans over the years. Yeah, but I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't think it was down to any kind of mental fragility. I do genuinely think it's just one of those moments. Um I know Ed, I think, asked Nigel Pearson about it and and I'd love to see Nigel Pearson's face and, and what the look he gave Ed because he, he he did sort of say, you know, it it isn't about it's a late goal, it's just one of those things. But it, it what he should have been saying is it should have been better defended, you know. Um and I'll I'll apportion some of the blame to him on that because for me, the midfield two, in particular in Williams and James, were just absolutely out on their feet. Um and it 
it's the Hanna-Masenga situation that if he's in the squad, you can clearly see we needed legs and energy in the middle of the pitch. Whether he's the right player going forward or whatever is, is another discussion. But there should have been a change made in there. I thought both Williams and James looked really, really tired. Well, particularly, you know, as we had our first substitution situation, if you like, on the 60th minute. Yeah, we had, one more we're closer. Yeah. Well, we had that closer one on the 89th minute. So, you know, around the 80th minute, would you be looking, I don't know, Gary, to, to swap out Williams or James? Well, it's easy to say now, isn't it? Um, you know, last season there were games, the, the West Brom game always sticks in my mind, um, throwing in the corner, make a substitution, kill the game, there's only a minute left and um, lo and behold, lost the ball and, and mm. West Brom got an equaliser, I think. Yeah, we wouldn't say, yeah, but I, I think on a day like yesterday where the legs did seem to, to go a little bit, warm day, early in the season, still not... The City players cannot still be at the physical peak because if there were, they're peaking too soon. So you still yeah. got to try and leave a little bit of margin for improvement. So that's the time when you do sort of make your changes on and, and you get the fresh legs on, I would say. Matt, if Masengo signed a deal this week, then he probably comes on. What do you reckon to that? I, I don't know that, that Nigel Pearson would be that churlish with it. I mean, if he's in the squad... Um, then, then play him. And if he's not going to, then there are other um, midfielders in the club. And I'm not going to name names and put other pundits on the spot, but there are <laughs> other midfielders in the club that can do a job in there. The, the bit for me that I find slightly frustrating and, and will find really frustrating if come the end of August and the transfer window closes is Nigel Pearson referenced the need for a central defensive midfielder. And he did say we haven't got one in the squad, which again is another debate. Um, which I don't think is correct, but that's a position we absolutely need. And and certainly late on, having that protection in there wouldn't have led to what it led to. Um, okay. yeah, as but... I said, the, the six was getting all over it. So yeah, I, I in terms of your question, potentially yes, I guess um, because of how Nigel Pearson has come out about this and maybe. He's I mean, yeah, another him. point, um, and you might be able to clear it up straight away. If is Andy King fit? Because I didn't even make the bench yesterday. Yeah. Brought in and his role is uh, player coach. Yeah. You get him on the pitch in the closing uh, moments because even, you know, he's a player, but he, if he has the responsibility of, of coaching players to be able to do it from the field, yeah. it be a, a little bit of an advantage. Or at That's least a great show. Yeah. Great I've, show. Not, I've not seen that he was injured and no. certainly he featured in the last couple of pre season games. Um, so I've not seen it. So, I'm, and I'm surprised because he's a player that Nigel Pearson clearly likes. So it's a bit of a strange one. I, I would have thought that he probably would have gone King rather than Masenga if he was fit. But true, yeah, true. Interesting, interesting debate. Right, Matt, get the spreadsheet yeah. ready. It's Go time ahead. for to the first ratings of the season. Over to you. Okay. Um, and again, I apologise to to Rich at Bristol Life because um, he has to do his immediately after the game and stuff. But there were a few in there that I was like, God Almighty, I can't believe that he's given that. Yeah, so, I've even seen them. Where have you? Seen Rich? <laughs> yeah. Matt, do you want to just um, outline how this works for new listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's a, a a rating of six if we think they've put in a performance that we would expect. Uh, I think this year we're going to give, if you've played 30 minutes, then we'll give a rating for the 30 minutes, you know, if you've been on the pitch for that. So hence the reason why we are going to score um, Tommy Conway and, and um, 
Kane Wilson. Kane Wilson as well, yeah. So Dan Bentley, I've gone seven. Um, I thought, um, even though he's conceded two goals, he actually, it was a, a commanding performance. He made a number of, or a couple of really good saves. Um, and that's why it's a seven rather than a six, because I think um, the the one in particular where he spreads himself is, is a point saver because the guy is one-on-one. So yeah, I've gone seven for Dan. Um, Zach, I've gone seven. And again, he's a player that um, social media, there's been a few people, yeah, oh, there's a surprise, there's a mistake. I don't think Zach Viner made many mistakes yesterday. He got the assist. Um, I thought he linked up really well with Sykes at times. He looked comfortable on the ball. Uh, yes. The only, the only one I can remember, Matt, is was a pass down the line that, that, that went out. You know, yeah, those sort and, of lofty and, Apart from that, I don't think yeah, he really put and, foot and wrong. You're going to get that. So I and and for a player that's confidence must have been really low, historic. You know, because of what happened last season, I, I thought it was a decent performance from Zach. But I've gone seven because of the fact of the performances we've seen. So that's really why the upgrade and not the six. Kane Wilson for 30 minutes. I've I've kind of gone six, but again, looking at it, he was quite influential. So it could easily be a seven. So I'll take yours and Gary's. Um, view on it but you could see immediately that he wants to get on the ball he wants to drive at it I think he's probably a better attacking wing back than he is defensively Um, but yeah I I went six just really because of the 30 minutes and um, but he did he did create a couple of opportunities there this is the one for me with with Rich so Carl Naismith um in the first half, absolutely outstanding. I, I agree completely with what Gary said. Dictated our play. Everything that was was good really came from him. Um, I think Rich gave him a six, and that might be because of the the pen and the fact that it was his touch, I guess. But for me, I thought it was a really, really strong performance. A performance um, of a captain on the pitch for me. I think you, you know we we were fortunate, as I, I said earlier, to to listen to him at the the HPC. He doesn't shut up, Patch, does he? Um, and there was one moment in a game where he absolutely ripped Tim Close a new one for not doing what he should have done, which I loved seeing. You know, you've got an experienced international and Naismith giving it to him. So I thought Naismith was 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 brilliant. So I went eight for Naismith um, and absolutely up there for a, a man of the match shape. Um, Rob Atkinson, I went seven for all the things we've referenced. I thought he he got on the ball. He, he linked really well into the midfield and, and driving forward. So, yeah, it was a, a bit of a what we saw of Rob Atkinson early last season. And you hope that he, he remains fit and um, health and injury free and, and maybe we'll get that consistent. So seven for Rob. Um, Jay's the first one that I've gone that's below what I would expect. I've gone five for Jay. I thought his crossing was dreadful yesterday. He hit three that were really just so deep. Um, it was ridiculous. And then he got caught a couple of times in the second half as well. Um, so maybe harsh, but I went five for Jay. The two midfield, if I'm marking it at half time, then then Joe Williams and Matty James are both getting sevens and possibly even maybe slightly higher than that. But I've gone two sixes because I think they did really tire. And I look at it, there are two central midfielders and and other than the header that Matty James had in the first half from that cross from Sykes, they didn't really create an awful lot. Um, and I, I felt that the, the, certainly the, the second goal, he shouldn't have been given that space. And, and it's a worry I've got with Matty James that he lets his runners go quite often. So so that's why I went two sixes for those two. 
Uh, and then Mark Sykes, I've gone eight. He was my man of the match, even though he came off at 60 minutes. I thought he was superb. Um, really, really lively. Clearly, as you said, Patch is a, is a utility player that can play in a number of positions. I was unsure what he would be like as a, a, a right wing back. Um, although I know he played there at Oxford, I'd read a few comments from Oxford fans sort of saying that he didn't want to play there and didn't really do anything. Um, I thought he was superb and looked like a player who'd played there all his career. He was that good in the first half. Where will he play, Matt, um, going forward if Wilson's fit and he's in, in ahead of him? Is Scott, you know, yeah. we want him to be in and around where he played, where he started. Vyman's yeah. not going to get dropped. It'll be Martin or Semenyo, you, you'd think... So it's it been an interesting one as to where it, he fits in. It will be, um, and like you said, when Semenyo comes back, um, but but maybe that's where because of of what he's like from a utility. But but maybe it means you can rest Andy Vyman at times, which we didn't have the luxury of doing that last. Why season. would you rest him? No, so Why I, on I, earth would you rest him? And the only reason, Gaz, is that that there are games where if you've got three in a week with Andy Vyman. You know, he's the some... fittest player at the club by yeah, yeah. He said it about last season where even Antoine and Chris Martin played three yeah. games a week and you got Narky Wells on the bench. I I'd I'd go for that, but I I just cannot say he's maybe if maybe if you give best that... player and if it's a difference between them scoring twenty two goals a season and fifteen, then he's got to play. I I bow to your better judgment. Maybe he's he's That's, lost a maybe he's lost opinion. maybe he's lost lost a bit of form, and then you can bring him in then. But uh, it gives you the option. But the other thing is, and and I'll be interested. He's going to get a five week rest as well at Christmas. Well, well he will. That's he might not actually. Will he? If yeah. he's yeah. I oh, know they're not in the World Cup, are they? So um, I don't think Austria didn't make the World Cup, did they? They got. Um, I haven't got that sort of information to hand. I don't I'm think so. Um, so good good point. The other thing is Alex Scott. I, I'm still, I still think we'll get a big bid that comes in for Alex Scott. Um, hopefully, he puts in a better performance than he did yesterday. Um, but in context of that, if he does, then I think you are likely to get a bid. But I, I do genuinely think we know that there are clubs that have looked at Alex Scott and are looking at him. Um, and I don't know what Gary, what you, what your thoughts are on it, but I, 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 I think, surprised. I think, um, don't want to be the bearer of bad. I think we could lose them. And, and the reason why I think we could lose them, I said it yesterday, was if you're a Premier League club and you've got a genuine interest in Alex Scott and you want to buy him, the time to buy him is now because the only thing that's going to happen is that it's going to go up in value. Yeah. So if you're looking at that situation, and, and even I've heard a couple of people suggest he goes to a club where at least we're getting back on loan for a season would that then be the same player? Does he have that focus to be able to deal with that? But um, if you're one of them clubs, you come in and you try and get him now. Yeah. What what sort of bid do you think Gary would? Well, what would you accept if you're, a, if, if you're a Richard Goulds here? What would you accept as being? Yeah, that's you can't turn that down. Uh, it's a hard one, isn't it? I, I look at teenagers. So I remember Jordan Henderson going years ago from Sunderland, seventeen million pounds. That proved to be a bit of a bargain. Look at Lloyd Kelly, whatever he was, £15 million. Yeah. It's got to be around about that figure to, yeah. to at least generate any interest, hasn't it? 25 yeah. plus for me. Is it? Yeah. I, I I, think, yeah, between 15 and 20 as a down payment, rising up to 2025 based on England performances and, and you know, the things that, that come within that. 
but uh, yeah, that that's my fear. So then that that might then mean that Sykes has a role that's in there because he can certainly play in that because he did it, it pre-season, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting one, especially when Semenu comes back. The other one is so so yeah so Sykes, Sykes was at eight man so of the Aust- match. Austria are not in the World Cup. I didn't think they were. I think didn't they get beat by um, Wales? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm not I'm not googling that. Carry no, on. no, no. Yeah. Um, but on to Alex Scott. It was a five for me for Alex. I just didn't think he had the influence for the the majority of the time that he was on there. There were a couple of moments, and yeah, he won the free kick, um, and he he created the space. But I just didn't think that he 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 got on the ball enough and made enough happen. We're just going to keep giving him fives now until the end yeah, of the transfer yeah, window. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Chrissy Martin, I've gone six, um, and and that was one where. It was maybe a bit of a Chrissy Martin performance just there where he put himself about, um, won a fair degree of headers, but didn't ever look like he was going to score or threaten to score. There was that moment that Tommy Conway broke and raced to the, you know, made, made inroads, put a lo- lovely cross across the box, and and we just didn't have the legs there. And that's my fear, and, and maybe with Antoine coming back, but I do think we need another powerful front man that can take some of the weight off from Chrissy Martin. And actually... Give Chrissy Martin the competition. Um, I think he's a name that is definitely on Nigel Pearson's team sheet week in, week out. But I didn't think it was the the, the best of performances. So it could easily have been a five for Chrissy Martin even yesterday. If if we keep Scott, I say assume we do, and yeah. Sykes is continuing to perform and Wilson's fit, then there is that competition for Martin yeah. because it would be, you'd have thought, Vyman and Semenyo as as potential yeah, first mate- choice. It's it's more around the the type of player that target Chris Martin is target man, yeah. And and I don't Antoine's a powerful player, but he's not in there to be the one that takes the battering that players run off, is he? So, um, whereas that's where where Martin is. So you know, I, I talked about that nineteen for them yesterday. Someone like that, a Famara type that we've talked about, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and and that's where, although Nigel Pearson is saying you know he doesn't see us doing much business at the moment unless players go out I do still think we're talking about the spine centre half centre mid and centre forward um, to to be able to be challenging sort of top 10 for, for me um, Vyman have gone 7 um, again because he tired it would, would have been an 8 because his energy his goal um, he, he's a, he was a constant sort of menace and I, and I do think his confidence is there and then Tommy I've gone 6 Um a couple of times, as I say, he lost his shape a little bit and was was chasing sort of needless kind of balls. But that's just the the, the enthusiasm of youth as well. I think oh, you could definitely see the enthusiasm, the drive, yeah, the want yeah. to win. Yeah, um, and he's de- he's 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 one that just isn't going to be going out on loan. He's going to be in and around the squad, isn't he now? Absolutely. Okay, what does that leave us? And a, a oh, actually, before we go on, Gary, any any challenges? On any uh, a few. I've, I've told you the story where when I was at Notts County, the player went in to see Sam Allardyce because he'd been dropped. He said, how dare you drop us? I got seven in the sun last week. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I'm not, I'm not a one because I was a player uh, and I used to watch with amazement the lads running for the uh, the sun in the mirror and the news of the world. And they'd be coming, no, I got an eight in the paper. I said, some numpty that wasn't even at the game, just wrote, hey, what are you talking yeah. <laughs> At least I Matt tried. was at the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nysmith, for me, was the outstanding indiv- individual. I'd give him an eight. Um, 
I thought he was class, to be yeah. fair. I, I thought he controlled the game and, and looked a real, real good signing uh, early stages. I'd give Tommy Conway a seven. I thought it was bright. Uh, he got in down the side, created an opportunity, uh, sort of snuffled out a half chance for himself where he, he probably could have done better. And I think as he gets more minutes on the pitch, we will see him score goals. I'm, I'm sure having just signed a new three-year contract, that must have been part of the discussion because, you know, he hasn't had a great amount of, of playing time on the pitch. So, I mean, you, you can't be sort of sign a three-year contract and, and saying, well, you know, I'm still going to be sat on the bench. You need to get an opportunity to show how good you are. He's got to balance that as well, I think. If he can get Narky Wells on the pitch and he can score a few goals before possibly Christmas, that could increase his value. Mm. There'll be plenty of takers. Um, and uh, I think we'll, we'll leave it at that. I don't, I don't like getting involved too much in giving the players marks out of 10. <laughs> Yeah. They tend okay. to remember as well. If any of them ever listen, I'm sure they'll talk, <laughs> give you a little nudge in the corridor. Yeah. So, Matt, we're going to upgrade Tommy to a seven, I think, on that one. Yeah, okay. And you get the man of the match vote then, Naismith or Sykes? Yeah, I think Sykes by a news from me. Yeah. Well, well, I'll give it to uh, Naismith. Sykes was, was excellent. I have to say, very impressed. But he just, he sort of, he, he come off and um, I think Naismith sort of, he, he went the course, even though they lost, he went the course. And um, I just saw he was a real presence in, in some of the things you've said about not just when he had the ball, when he didn't have the ball and you could see him organising, he could pass it short with quality, he could go past players, he could hit that diagonal. He's added a new dimension with his set players as well. Yeah. What does that average leave us, Matt, for the start of the season? 6.54. 6.54 okay so it's yeah. an away defeat but it's the nature of the defeat which makes it acceptable to be over six i think yeah i think so yeah well and, and the performance it was it certainly for the first half although in, interestingly I, I i genuinely thought at halftime we dominated it i thought we were much the better team very much on the front foot and it shows what stats are like because looking at halftime i think harl had 56 percent possession and yeah. we had 44 and it didn't feel that sort of game um, but that's where the stats come in and some of that possession is just because they're having to keep going backwards and knocking it across and yeah. Mr. Pearson? Um, I've gone six and I've gone six because of the fact it was a defeat and it's quite harsh really, isn't it? Because arguably from that performance it should be a seven. So again, um, I'll, I'll, I'll happily... I think um, seven because uh, team selection, you know, he... he... He didn't put Alex Scott right wing back, Matt. So you've got to give him yep. a couple of plus points for that. Um, I'm not, I'm not big, giving him anything for that. That's, <laughs> that's that's just should be kept matter of course. A big a big call to put Viner in ahead of closer, yeah. and that paid off. Um, and substitution on the 60th minute. I think bringing Conway on was was something I didn't necessarily expect based on based on what I've seen over the not of Tommy, but of of the substitutions that he was made. Um, so yeah, I think it was it was brave. It was just that for me, it was just the 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 going slightly defensive at that point as well in terms of the one up front and the two in behind as opposed to going for the second. But uh, yeah. I'd be a, I'd be a, a seven, even though it was an away defeat. It was in my head still still a draw. Gary, uh, I'll I'll go six because. If it's a six for a defeat, that leaves plenty of room for improvement for 
a good away or draw or when we actually win a game. Okay. Yeah. Right, six it is, Matt. Six it is, yep. Lovely. Okay, right. I'm going to read out some tweets and some messages um, and then we'll we'll talk about a couple of those. So, Lee Poole, we just don't take the game to the opposition. We were in such a strong position, same old. Element of luck about both goals, but we must press more. Andy Hall, if you go into injury time every game, either one goal up or drawing, this will always happen. We aren't good enough to try and see it out. Dean Allen, the late goal curse strikes again for Bristol City, who were desperately unlucky not to get at least a point at Hull. A deflected winner for them after a dubious penalty. Positives include the new players. Mark Sykes showed great touches and Naismith is class. George, I'm fuming, but there is optimism going into the games if there, if if we can stop conceding in the last minute. Alex Rushby, glad I'm in Spain this week. <laughs> Roll on Sunderland to get our season started. Shane O'Connor, Carl Naismith, no other words are needed. He's going to be the key man this season. Johnny P, uh, the penalty was comical. So unlucky with the deflected goal. We sat too deep second half. Sykes and Naismith looked the business. Thought Williams and James in the midfield were rather poor today. Four, maybe five in terms of ratings. Big spending hull looked bang average, which makes the result even more disappointing. And last one, scattered dreams. Um, it was frustrating to see us sit back and be dominated second half. As soon as they got their goal, we were all over them again. We were unlucky, but that's what happens when you invite pressure. James and Williams poor by their standards, which was a surprise. Um, Matt, any of those six or seven, eight comments that uh, you want to discuss? Just just picking up on the last one, I, I wouldn't say James and Williams were poor. Um, certainly not for the game. I just think they they, they, they ran out of energy. Um, we we do want more of them. They they absolutely have to contribute more in terms of um, assists and goals themselves um, in the middle of the pitch. Um, you know we need need more players doing that. So I don't I don't agree with that. I, I get the bit around what Lee said about the press um, and and you know Gary referenced it. We were doing that really well in the first half and and changed shape and stopped doing it. So yeah, I I, I get that as well. Okay, Gary, any any picks for you in there? No, I think um, they sort of they got the the flavour of the game. Mm-hmm. The new players has been the better performers. Frustration because um, conceding the goal and a late goal again. But I have to say, I do agree with with that. There was an element of misfortune about that goal. You know, it, it was a bit of a freak goal. Uh, hopefully, we won't see too many more of those and. Yes, he did press um, early in the game and worked really hard on a hot day. That might be one of the reasons why they had to sort of do something different in the second half because um, they couldn't maintain that. But it was certainly more impressive in the first half when we were hunting Hull City down and, and weren't giving them time on the ball. Okay. Right, into next week. Gary, 320 league appearances for Sunderland. 130 league appearances for Bristol City. How are you looking forward to the game next week? I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> 450 games for uh, two massive clubs. Uh, very, very proud and, and honoured with with that stat, actually. And, um, of course, what well, people might not know me, last ever game for Sunderland was against Bristol City, which makes it even more special. And I've seen lots of Familiar faces, um, a big crowd, 
3,000 Sunderland fans, I believe. So can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great, Matt, to see that away end full. And, you know, in recent years, we haven't really seen that because of the sort of the separation or the, the black canvas yeah. at the front. Yeah, um, it, it's, it always goes back to that argument about, oh, stick, stick them up in the top tier of the Lansdowne in, you know, the... I, I I absolutely love when you've got an atmosphere, when you've got a big away end, like when you have the Derby games, big away end, um, you know, generating the noise. And, you know, Sunderland have been through some really, really tough times. So it's great to see them starting to to, to get back into it. Obviously, they play today, I think, 12 o'clock against Coventry. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Um, I think they've made one or two signings. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be interested to see interesting game actually, a eh? because we're playing them next week to see what they're like. But also, I'm interested to see what Coventry are like. They're a, a bit of a dark, maybe not so much of a dark horse, but a bit of a dark horse for me. Um, Coventry, I think the football that Mark Robbins had them playing last year, and I'll be interested to see how Casey Palmer fits into that team and, and whether he features. Hmm. Okay, uh, and. In terms of the side, Matt, let's assume everyone who played today is fit. Do you see any changes? No, no, I don't. Um, I think it, from from what Nigel Pearson said after the game when he was asked about um, Sykes and Atkinson, he said they'll both be fine. Um, so hopefully it was just kind of a, a, a bit of an impact injury. Uh, no, I don't. I, I would expect it to be the same the same starting eleven. Yeah, okay. same Gary, formation. Yeah, I think. Just trying to apply some some logic. If, if that's your best eleven on day one, uh, and it was a reasonable performance for most of the game, and you've got a clear week ahead of you, and everybody's fit, then I can't see any reason why why things would change. Okay, right, lovely stuff. In terms of former players' association, next week we're welcoming back Ray Cashley, Mike Gibson, Tom Ritchie, Bobby Williams, Tony Ford, Rob Edwards, Brian Drysdale, Jerry Sweeney. Gary Williams, Howard Pritchard, Clive Whitehead, and then also Paul Cheesley, obviously. He's going to be in the Heineken Lounge, as always. Jansen Derrick, David Rogers, Trevor Tainton, Jeff Merrick, Tony Thorpe, and obviously Gary Hours. And uh, some of those players will hopefully be on the pitch before the game. But uh, who oh, is... Let's, uh... let's, let's hope Gary is. <laughs> I'm going to speak to yeah, him about that. Yeah, let's I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. The only thing—the only thing we've got to, to battle against is tr- somehow propelling Gary back up into the commentary box um, before kick. I've so. still got the legs for that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> believe what you've read anywhere. Excellent. Ray, oh. Ray, Ray Cashley patch. Yep. Only Bristol City goalkeeper, or in my era, to have scored. Yeah, um, goal. Yeah, ironically, goal against kick, it? against Hull City as well. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, no, yeah. trying to uncover some footage of that one. That'd be that'd be superb. Yeah. Um, just finally, Gary. Obviously, you played in the Jim Rollo testimonial uh, a few weeks back. How did you find tough. that run out? Oh, tough. I, I think I played two charity games. Uh, one at Chipham Sobbury a couple of weeks ago with Lewis and Scott Morley. Uh, Scott Morley, <laughs> and, uh, Jamie McAllister, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. And unfortunately, my for whatever reason, I didn't have any calf injuries during my career. But since I've stopped ticking over, shall we say, um, the old calf tends to go after about half an hour. So I had my little stroll around the centre circle, shall we say, for half an hour. And uh, fantastic day, I must say. Um, it was great to see the turnout 
of both teams for Jim Rollo, and he, he's been a great servant to Bath City. Yeah, and, uh, everyone was pleased to give up the time for him. But yeah, it was it was a good day out, nice little crowd in attendance as well, and um, thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Any other business for you? I was just looking to see um, how Lee Johnson got on yesterday. See if they played one 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 nil. Yeah, yeah, last minute. Yeah, one one nil. Excellent. Um, and only because of mentioning um, Jamie Mack there. Um, so, yeah. And obviously wish, wish them well. So, Okay. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Next week, we'll be talking Sunderland um, home. We'll be hopefully joined by Richard Gould for that one to do the post-match reaction. So that'll be an interesting conversation. And also, just before we do the, the, the post-match analysis, we're going to be joined by Mark Kelly to talk about the summer at Ashton Gate. Um, and going forward so looking forward to another bumper episode thank you so much to Gary Hours for joining us this morning and thanks as always to Matt but we'll be back soon take care thanks for listening everyone take care thanks everyone thanks thank you I've been riding low I've been riding fast gonna take this moment I'm gonna make it last because you don't know me Cause I tell you something I don't care that much Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn rules Don't come around here yeah. I ain't your Regret it if you stay in this town. I'm no savior, I will take you down. This here town, you know it in the beach. It don't take long to know just what I did. Don't come around here.
gonna keep riding You're giving up me Watching that little town slowly disappear